I'm Warren Pellet from Law Trades, and this is your weekly news update. Mike Morales is out sick this week, we wish him a speedy recovery. This week, we're talking about surveying the new post row landscape, understanding the implications of the SCOTUS ruling on Miranda rights, and the latest in the vaping wars. Plus, how will recession affect remote work, the corporate response to the row reversal, and the internal discussions at big tech over row. First up, Welcome to a post-Row America. Last week was a colossal week of rulings from the Supreme Court, and the most historic one, of course, being the overturning of Roe v. Wade, ending about a half-century of constitutionally protected abortion rights for women across the United States. The ruling had been expected for a few weeks now, as a leaked draft of the ruling was initially published by Politico back in May. Even still, the 6-3 decision struck the nation hard, regardless of which side you're on, with consequences being felt almost immediately. The majority opinion, written by Justice Alito, says that the 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling had no basis in the Constitution. He adds, Roe and Casey are overruled, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. The three justices comprising the dissent, Justices Breyer, Kagan, and Sotomayor, wrote their opinion concurrently without a named author, a rare if powerful move. They said that the majority's rulings create a nation in which, from the very moment of fertilization, a woman has no right to speak of. According to the Washington Post, some eight states saw abortion procedures banned immediately, with the overruling of Roe as a result of trigger laws, with an additional five states said to ban abortions within 30 days of the ruling. In states like Wisconsin and Texas, abortion providers had to begin calling patients to cancel their upcoming abortion appointments. Writing in a concurring majority opinion, Justice Clarence Thomas signaled that Roe's reversal and the court's reasoning may mean more landmark cases, specifically contraceptive access, marriage equality, and the court's overruling of sodomy bans, could soon follow as well. Quote, in future cases, we should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Oberfeld, as Justice Thomas notes the bridge. Because any substantive due process decision is demonstrably erroneous, we have a duty to correct the error established in those precedents. The verdict? It's been a shocking few weeks for SCOTUS. Between the unprecedented Roe League and then its overturn, women across the country are already grappling with their new reality, in which they have fewer rights than they did just last week. No doubt that fight over abortion access isn't over, but just entering a grisly new phase. Next up, are the Miranda rights wrong? In another stunning reversal, the Supreme Court also ruled last week that police officers cannot be subject to civil liability for failing to warn an arrested suspect of their, quote, right to remain silent, also known as Miranda rights, which protects suspects from self-incrimination and was established by the High Court in 1966. The 6-3 ruling stated that federal civil rights law cannot be used against a police officer who fails to present a suspect with the Miranda rights even if any self-incriminating evidence is then used in court. As CNN notes, Justice Alito stated that violating Miranda rights, quote, is not itself a violation of the Fifth Amendment, and that we see no justification for expanding Miranda to confer a right to sue. Meanwhile, Justice Kagan, in joining with Breyer and Sotomayor in the minority opinion, said that the decision strips, quote, individuals of their ability to seek a remedy for violations of the rights recognized in Miranda. How does this decision affect digital Miranda rights, if at all? This question was asked by Ars Technica, who was posed by Ars Technica back in 2016, which does now seem like an eternity ago. 
Yet the issue has only gotten murkier, not clearer. Of course, when the Miranda case was settled, computers, let alone smartphones in every pocket, were not even fathomed. But today, should a police officer arresting a suspect ask them for the phone's passcode, what should the suspect do? Quote, you shouldn't resist a police order. You should lodge your dissent, and you should ask and clarify that they're asking you to do it. Alex Abdo, an attorney with the American Civil Liberties Union, told Lars Technica at the time. Quote, but you should comply. As a lawyer, that's the advice you're going to have to give. The verdict? In an era where police accountability is a major social issue, the Supreme Court ruling removed a central tool in that fight. Will a new case have to be brought before the High Court to reinstate some sort of protections against self-incrimination? Next up, banning the crown jewel. Big Tobacco's cat and mouse game with the FDA is back in the news. This time with a ban of products by e-cigarette maker Juul, which is owned by Altria, formerly Philip Morris. While the FDA has been publicly vocal about how vapes and e-cigarettes are contributing to the rise in smoking and nicotine addiction among teens, the agency's ban was directed rather at something else. The FDA's ban was based on what the agency said was insufficient and conflicting data from the company about potentially harmful chemicals that could leach out of the Juul's e-liquid pods, reports the New York Times. Today's action is further progress on the FDA's commitment to ensuring that all e-cigarettes electronic nicotine delivery system products currently being marketed to consumers meet our public health standards, said Dr. Robert M. Califf, FDA commissioner. In response, Juul immediately filed a stay off the ban, which has since been temporarily granted. At the end of last week, a federal appeals court granted Juul's stay request. In its filing, the company argued that the FDA's ban was based on politics rather than science. Juul added the political pressure to ban its products at stemming the youth vaping crisis, quote, even though several of its competitors now have a larger market share and much higher underage user rates, the filing read, according to the New York Times. The FDA has until July 7th to file a motion in response. The verdict? It's clear that the genie is out of the bottle when it comes to teens and vaping. If that is the FDA's underlying goal with the Juul ban, then it's too little too late. If, as the FDA states, the ban is rather a public safety matter, then Juul would be wise to make a safer vape and keep itself out of bigger problems. Here's what else we're forwarding this week. Recession work from home. The Hustle asks if a recession will push workers back into the office for fear of losing their jobs otherwise. And again, a recession also leads to cost-cutting measures by companies, which can include ditching the office altogether. Corporate response. Several major corporations, including Apple, Disney, and Google, have been responding to overturning of Roe by offering to cover travel expenses linked to abortion care for employees. Note C. Other companies, like Bumble, have further pledged to support abortion resources like Planned Parenthood. Post-Roe, Roe. Not every company stands perfectly unified in support of abortion rights, says Bloomberg Law. Several companies, Amazon and Meta included, have had heated internal discussions amongst employees about the Supreme Court ruling, leading Meta to bar employees from discussing the issue altogether. That's your legal news update for this week. We'll see you next week. Thank you.